Warning, the following podcast is not suitable for all audiences. Trigger warnings from the stories I cover may include violence, rape, murder, and offenses against children. Listener discretion is advised. Hello everyone and welcome back to Crime Bay. I am your host Liz and today's story will be taking us to Orlando, Florida where 27-year-old Sasha Samsudeen resided. Sasha Samsudeen was a social media manager for a realtor company in Orlando. She moved into the high-end downtown apartments in Orlando and was excited about being independent and living on her own. Sasha was very beautiful, very sociable, outgoing, and above all, very smart. People that worked with her said she was amazing at her job and loved being a part of that environment. Friends say that she worked hard and played hard and would make the best out of every opportunity that came her way. Sasha had recently moved into a beautiful new home in Uptown Place Apartments, located at 911 North Orange Avenue. On Friday, October 16, 2015, Sasha attended a soccer game with her friends and then celebrated at a club once her favorite team won. After a few hours of dancing, Sasha decided to head home. So around 12.30 a.m., Sasha approached her friend Anthony and told him that she was going to be taking off. Anthony didn't think much of it, since it was normal for them to separate and then run back into each other at a different bar or club. Sasha and Anthony had previously made plans to meet up the next morning and have breakfast, to which Sasha never showed up and was not replying to Anthony's text. Anthony assumed Sasha was just simply hungover and was sleeping it off. But hours passed and yet still nothing from Sasha. Anthony became concerned because Sasha was always active on her phone and on social media. So Sasha's silence wasn't sitting right with him. He knew something was wrong. Anthony then reached out to two other friends, and they all decided to go to her apartment and check up on her. When they pulled into her parking lot, they spotted Sasha's car. In the back seat of her car was a gift that she was supposed to take to a baby shower that evening. They made it up to her apartment and knocked on her door. They knocked multiple times, waited a few minutes, and got nothing. So Anthony decided to call 911. Hi, uh, we went to her apartment to go check. She's there, and she's on And what is her first name? Her first name is Sasha. Around 8 p.m. that night, apartment security and police officers entered Sasha's apartment. Sasha's apartment was locked and there was no signs of forced entry. Her apartment was silent and her living room looked normal. Nothing appeared to be disturbed. But when police officers walked into her bedroom, they saw a hair and an arm sticking out of her comforter. Sasha Samsudine was found. Sasha had been raped and strangled to death. Sasha had 
strangle marks on her neck and signs that she had been beaten. She had defensive wounds to her arms. Her necklace had been ripped off and it was caught in her hair. Her shirt and bra had been ripped open and her underwear had been forcibly removed. Sasha's bedroom reeked of cleaning supplies. There were some discolored patches on the bed sheets, which looked like they had been caused by bleach. The cupboard where Sasha kept all her cleaning supplies had the doors wide open. Police noted that the toilet seat had been left up, which was extremely weird since Sasha lived alone. They also found a condom wrapper near her bed and an imprint of a shoe. After swabbing the bottom part of the toilet seat, they found two fingerprints, and they also swabbed Sasha's body for any DNA. While performing the autopsy, the medical examiner noted that he had never seen an internal neck fracture as severe as Sasha's. Sasha's purse, phone, and key to the building were all missing. Sasha's family, friends, and co-workers had absolutely no idea who would want to hurt Sasha. No one was able to provide any names of potential suspects to the police. The police found security cameras on all floors of the apartment building. There were cameras in the halls and near the exits. The police also took the security footage from the street cameras. They also interviewed the security guard from the apartment complex who had been on duty the night Sasha died. His name was Stephen Duxbury. He said he saw Sasha that night because she was trying to get into the building. He said she didn't have her cell phone or key fab and couldn't remember her code to get in. The security guard stated that she was very intoxicated, but asked him to walk her to her car to see if her things were in there. He said they walked out, but then she remembered her code, but the code she remembered still didn't work. Stephen then went on to tell the police that when he returned back, she was gone, and that he believed that she must have came in right behind another tenant. Stephen goes on to tell police that he saw Sasha again later that night, but this time she was with another man. After the security guard's interview, the police knew they had to find this mysterious man as soon as possible. So they turned to the security tapes. They started with the attic nightclub and found Sasha walking home. She stood out because she was wearing white pants and a purple shirt. Sasha was stumbling. She appeared to be drunk, but she was alone. She is then seen running but disappears because there was a glitch in the first tape. Sasha is seen six seconds later, but she's with two women. The police put out two pictures of Sasha and the two women to see if anyone will come forward. And the two women do come forward. They say that they helped Sasha, who was by herself walking. They said they helped her because... 
They heard some men trying to talk to her, and they were scared for her. The two women also stated that Sasha didn't have her ID or cell phone, so they offered her to share their Uber. They said when Sasha saw that they were at her apartment, she leaped out of the car, and they didn't see her again. Next, Sasha is seen at 1.46 a.m. going to her apartment. Another man, who turned out to be a concerned resident, asks her if she's okay, and she replies, yes. This resident is not seen again on the tapes, so he gets rolled out. She is then seen again at 2.06 in the morning and is running again. The security footage in the apartment has audio, so Sasha is making a lot of noise with her shoes. She's seen again at 2.25 a.m., but she's not alone. The security guard, Stephen Duxbury, is with her. They are seen walking to the front of the garage, like he told the police, as of right now, his story checked out. The police also interviewed Sasha's two ex-boyfriends because strangulation is usually a crime of passion. The first man is named Taylor, who is a bartender. He said he and Sasha were never exclusive, but said they still talked. He said he was at work until 9.30 p.m. that Friday night. Taylor also allowed the police to take a DNA sample, and he was later ruled out. The next man they interviewed was named Ben. He was a suspect because Sasha texted him at 5.12 in the morning, which was her last message sent. Her text read, Ben. He said he and Sasha had briefly dated and were supposed to hang out that weekend, but didn't. He said he was at his friend's house all night on Friday and never left. His DNA was also not a match, and he was ruled out. Investigators continued going through the footage of the apartment complex, trying to see if there was anyone coming in or out during the hours that Sasha was missing. And while reviewing footage from one of the cameras, at 6.36 a.m., a familiar face was captured. Stephen Duxbury, the security guard from the complex, is seen exiting the complex with two large white trash bags. Stephen had previously told the police that his shift ended at 6 in the morning. So what the hell was he doing at 6.36 a.m. still there? Initially, the investigators thought maybe Stephen taking out the trash is part of his job. But it was later confirmed that no, that was not part of his job. When investigators looked closer at those bags, they realized that those bags had came from Sasha's apartment. The police obtained a search warrant for Duxbury's home and asked him to come in for a polygraph test. During the polygraph test, he was asked if he had ever stepped foot inside Sasha's home. He answered no, but the polygraph indicated deception. The interviewer then asked him, if he knew how Sasha had died. He answered no. Was she poisoned? He asked. No, he responded. Was she stabbed? No, he responded. Was she choked? 
no. And it was in this last question that he became nervous and it turned out deceptive. Keep in mind that when they brought him in for questioning and performed the lie detector test, none of the details of how Sasha had been murdered had been released. So if he was innocent, there was absolutely no way of him knowing that she had been strangled to death. Even though the polygraph test is inadmissible in the courtroom, this definitely gave the investigators something to look into. At Stephen's apartment, they found a pair of shoes, which matched the imprint that was left inside Sasha's apartment. Police later learned that the fingerprints that were found underneath Sasha's toilet seat matched Stephen's right thumbprint. And the DNA that was swabbed off of Sasha's body also belonged to Stephen Duxbury. After looking into Stephen's phone records, the police found on his phone that he had searched how to defeat a digital lock, which is what the locks on the apartment doors were. And that proved that Stephen was trying to hide his tracks. Stephen was arrested for first-degree murder, attempted sexual battery with physical force and burglary of dwelling with assault and battery. He was sentenced to two life sentences for first-degree murder and rape, and an additional 15 years for burglary. Sasha was a hard-working person and wanted to go out and have fun. She got home safely just to be brutally murdered in her own home. During the research for this podcast, I found out that Stephen was married. This guy was married. He had his own life and he really just ruined it by thinking it was okay to touch someone inappropriately by taking advantage of someone who he should be, you know, keeping safe. That was his job. He's disgusting. He is a disgusting human being and he's going to stay in jail forever. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of Crime Bay. I am working on another episode to bring to you shortly, and I cannot wait. But until then, I am out.